This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Today on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so we're dishing on the Madison food scene. A staple of that scene is Sabi Atia, who ran the Casbah on Main Street in Lulu's on Old University Avenue, Madison's first Mediterranean restaurant. His latest venture is called Taza, which brings Middle Eastern flavors to downtown Middleton. Bianca Martin caught up with Sabi to learn what's on the menu and why hummus should be made with chickpeas. It's Thursday, February 15th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Sabi, hello. Good morning. Good morning. So you've been a chef in Madison for decades, and you're bringing warm spices <laughs> here, <laughs> um, which is particularly fun during the winter times. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about your newest spot, Taza in Middleton. Taza was uh, born out of the idea that we want to reopen Lulu's in one way or another. My uh, partner now... Uh, at the time, uh, when he came to Madison, uh, he came to work at Lulu's. He moved here from Chicago. He answered an ad in the only Arabic print newspaper back in, in the early 90s in Chicago. He drove up here. He found us. Uh, we said, you know, try it for a week. And he's still here in town. This is from <laughs> 92. Uh, and when, when Lulu's closed, we were hoping to go back into the same footprint so we did move to Middleton, and the food is a culmination of the recipes from Lulu's, the Casbah, the Nile, and uh, my experience at the University of Wisconsin. And here we are in Middleton, Wisconsin. Uh, the items, it was a challenge, first of all, a challenge to decide on, you know how you go into a restaurant and you say, I want, I want this, this, and that. And then the bigger the menu is the harder it is to choose. Oh, I looked at your menu and I already had some, I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I would start with. There's so many good options. (laughs) Well, we, we on the production end of it, we have, we were limited by the small space, the production space in the kitchen. So we had to also make similar decisions saying, oh, we can't do the okra. Oh my goodness. I was so successful. So we looked at what was really doing really well for for us, like those uh, places that we ran. And uh, this is the culmination of those. The food itself as a success, the Mediterranean food is doing really well in the city. It's well received. We have uh, more, way more competition than we did back in the early 80s. And the, uh, the fact that you can walk into a store today and find eight kinds of hummus produced by 12 different companies, that tells me that the food is gaining more popularity and becoming more mainstream. Yeah, the demand is up. And I want to talk to you more about that. But first, I want to hear about some of these dishes on the menu. I just heard you say okra got the boot. (laughs) Just sad. (laughs) But you have so many options. And I wanted to hear like, you know, knowing that what are some of your favorite dishes or the dishes that you would just recommend as go to's for someone's first time at Taza? First time, uh, if they are 
let's assume they like lamb. Then I would say there's a recommendation, the lamb shank is what we're known for. Uh, the lamb shank is slowly roasted and then simmered in, it could have been the okra, but we decided to go with the green bean medley. So we, it, the okra may come back. We won't hold that against you. We, they're, they're both <laughs> very delicious. Yes, very delicious. And, and the green bean had maybe resonated better more in, with, the, with the community here in Middleton. So, you know, the okra is an adventure in dining. You know, it's more, it's more exotic. Southern. Than, <laughs> yeah. Than, yeah. Than okra. <laughs> it, it is associated with Southern food. Uh, as for, you know, first time are coming to Taza, we have combination dishes that offers more than one item to explore. Uh, we have uh, a maza for two, for example, has eight different items on it where two people for the first time may enjoy an assortment of vegetarian options. Uh, there's uh, the mixed grill for two. Uh, two people can enjoy an assortment of the meats marinated in different sauces. So the, those are specifically designed for communal dining and for those who don't, don't want to invest the time and money in one item. They, you got an, an assortment of it. Yeah. Uh, we have had, uh, like I said, tough decisions to make. But we recently had requests for the sayadiya, which is a also oven-roasted haddock or cod, something hardy white fish with uh, delicious spices and onions. And it's layered with this rice that cooks in the, in the sauce, the liquid from the fish. So you got this Yum. flavored rice layered with, um, and then uh, served with homemade tartar sauce made from the original tartar sauce, which is tahini and lemon juice and a little bit of garlic and parsley. Oh, go off the original tartar sauce. That sounds <laughs> lit. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not like the, you know, like the North American perception of tartar sauce. We rarely do the onion pickles and relish mayonnaise that makes the tartar sauce here in the U.S. We, when we say tartar sauce and tarator in Arabic, is uh, tahini and lemon juice. As for beverages, we uh, uh, I cannot believe that people come in to, to go to a Middle, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, uh, Japanese, any kind of ethnicity food, Mexican. Like if I, if I, when I go eat Mexican, I'm drinking the tamarindo or the horcheta. I'm, I'm, not, drink, I'm not ordering soda. Like I'm not going to order the, you, you name the <laughs> brand of soda. Nothing complements that cuisine more than the homemade beverages that are made in-house. And to that end, we make, um, we make the Laban, which is a savory yogurt-based drink. And most people go, what? It's, 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 it's not sweet? And we're like, no, and it's thicker. It, it tastes like soured milk. So most Americans think of soured milk as an expired product that smells like soured milk in the fridge. I'm <laughs> going to drink that. But it tastes like runny yogurt. It, okay. it has a texture of runny yogurt. But it doesn't taste like milk gone bad. No, it doesn't no, have no, that no. smell. <laughs> just to clarify, no. yeah, it just yes. tastes like runny. <laughs> for the it's milk. like runny sour clear. milk. Yeah, but the, you you can go and purchase kefir uh, in the stores, and that's pretty much like the unsweetened. Like the the idea of yogurt with the sweet item. This is to me. It's uh, in Egypt they do this. In India they do they do mango lassi, and in Egypt they mix mango chunks in in zabadi in the yogurt. And those are the drinks that you could, you know, introduce as a sweet yogurt drink. But when I moved to the U.S. as a teenager, I was shocked and amazed that the yogurt you buy in the store has something sweet on the bottom. <laughs> what is that? What What's, is that? So like the normal yogurt in the stores here lacks that 
acidity that Greek, Turkish, and Arabic yogurt has where you say, yes, this is definitely a complement to heavier foods. Uh, you know, the acidity balances the sweetness in some of the fruits and vegetables. This beverage is sour with a hint, pinch of salt to neutralize some of that acidity. And it's made from uh, yogurt that we purchase here made in Wisconsin. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I feel like we've got to talk about the, is it hummus? How do you say it? Hummus. 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 Hummus literally, yeah. Hummus literally means garbanzo beans in Arabic. So, <laughs> well, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we say hummus mtabbal means hummus that's been cooked and pureed with tahini and lemon juice and salt. End of story. But here I see, because the West likes to simplify things and everything everything that's pureed that has Middle Eastern theme with a hint of tahini is called hummus. So as I was exploring <laughs> some of the things being sold hummus-wise in the stores, uh, I found black bean hummus. No garbanzo beans, just black beans. So technically that should not should not be called hummus. It should be called black bean... Black bean mash. Dip, or <laughs> dip. Or black bean mtabbal, which is for the, the word for mushing something. With that, uh, the expansion, the horizontal expansion of hummus, I've seen edamame, which is uh, green young soybeans, also pureed with hummus and lemon juice and salt. And that's available in some stores. <laughs> but I'm pleasantly surprised to see that more and more people are recognizing the food as food from the Middle East and recognizing the health benefits of the garbanzo bean dancing with the tahini and a hint of garlic and lemon juice and salt. So the food itself has gained popularity. It's one of my main food like sources of nourishment. Is hummus nice? Okay. <laughs> Just like easily, so it's in every store. It's yeah. it's exploded, is what you're saying. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And we make we make something called fette, which is morsels of dried pieces of pita bread. It's usually it's a it's a dish that people make when they have leftover bread. And you boil the hummus and you create some of that juice that comes from cooking the hummus for a long time, and then you utilize that hummus and the juice to rehydrate the bread. And then it's topped with um, lemon juice, tahini, gar uh, garlic, and yogurt blend. And that dish is a very popular breakfast item throughout the Middle East, especially on days where families uh, gather, let's say Friday morning. So we also offer fette with or without the garnish of, of meat on top. So mm. there is one for the vegetarians. It's classic morsels of pita bread cooked we since we we don't really have any leftover bread that gets that dried we deliberately dry toast the bread in the oven <laughs> something i do with that with my hummus or like with bread is like drizzle olive oil and i i feel like y'all have good olive oil <laughs> yes <laughs> what yes. what's going on there where do you get that we the the olive oil that we use for like the utility olive oil that we get is an Italian blend that comes to us from a distributor. We we're pretty much governed by that. But we also serve 
uh, olive oil and za'atar. I think also za'atar is becoming a household name. It's the herb, herbal blend with sesames that is dipped in, the, the pita bread is dipped in oil and then in the dry blend to create this delicious herbal bread, basically. And then you can make manakish where you take dough and you make little uh, punches in it and fill them up with oil and, uh, and some of that za'atar. Well, I am not salivating right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I can't wait to to get in and, and try some of these dishes. And it's so evident that you are abundantly passionate about food and bringing people together over food. And also culture. You have um, a long-running, 20-year-long-running radio show on WRT, Salamat, where you talk about Palestinian culture um, and Palestinian food ways. I just want to ask, what can Madisonians who are concerned about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza do to help out? Um, is it, you know, taking part in Palestinian culture, you know, celebrating it? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the first first thing, that the birth of the show Salamat stem, came out of the mess that the 9-11 attacks and, uh, and the retaliations caused our community. Uh, the Arab uh, Americans, the Muslim Americans suddenly found themselves in this predicament. Uh, why, why do your people hate us so much? Uh, and as a Muslim uh, Arab American living in Madison, the question wasn't posed to me directly, but I felt that it was. Why do Muslims hate America so much? And I proposed the idea of a show, a cultural show, to demystify the culture. So we did that. And, and obviously, when you discuss culture, you have to talk about food. Uh, food is a big component of the show. Uh, we share recipes and we post them. And uh, the Palestinian community around the world, not just in Madison, around the world, is finding that reclaiming the culture that has been hijacked for 75 years now to say the Palestinians did exist in the land of, in, in the Israel the land claimed by Israel as their uh, ancestral land, dating back to, to a few thousand years back. But over the the years. The, the land was not vacant, and we had to demystify that. There was a culture, there was a vibrant culture, vibrant economy. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people were made homeless, displaced outside of Palestine at the time, and hundreds of thousands of people were displaced internally. The number exceeds millions, but uh, most uh, United Nations figures say 750,000 Palestinians were made homeless, but that doesn't include the, the people that were displaced internally that are now part of the West Bank population under occupation and the Gaza population uh, being, again, right now um, on the verge of um, forced removal. What happened uh, in Gaza, actually, we, we were so saddened by the, the, uh, the news that their food was not available, aid was cut off. Uh, medical supplies, far more important than food, but food is also important. Uh, all of these supplies, including fuel to keep um, the hospitals running and fuel to heat the houses, it's winter time right now in Gaza, was all cut off. So Americans who want to show support for Palestine can get involved in the biggest way is calling, contacting their representatives, because until today, the U.S. government is funding and backing Israel in their actions against the Palestinian population. This is a civilian population that's being punished. Uh, because of their choice of who runs the, the enclave. Uh, the Palestinian population, uh, regardless of age, is being under a, indiscriminate attack right now. And some of these um, 
bunker-busting bombs that are provided to Israel by the U.S. Uh, are causing so much death and destruction that the number of actual fatalities is not known yet because many people are still under the rubble, uh, which is uh, doesn't take that much to create rubble in a city that densely populated, especially in northern Gaza. Well, Sabi, thank you for sharing your thoughts about what's happening. It's truly horrendous what we've seen with the bombings. And we so appreciate you giving us your time and telling us about the work that you're doing with Taza and the food that you are providing. You know, it's really thrilling to hear about the radio show and the work that you're doing there and spreading information about Palestinian culture. So, you know, folks are really interested in how they can get involved. And this is huge. So thank you. You got it. Six o'clock on Sundays, every Sunday. That was Sabi Atiyah from Taza in Middleton. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone who wonders why they don't call it New University Avenue? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, 